You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Father, thank you for the people that are visiting. We pray that you speak to them, you touch them with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead them and guide them into all truth today. Father, we pray if anyone came in here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, more than anything else, we pray that that's what they would leave with, salvation and eternal life. That is what matters to us most here at Grace Church. Father, if someone came in here with a financial mountain, sick in their body, depressed, oppressed, empty, lonely, just maybe a marriage that just doesn't seem to work is struggling, we pray Holy Spirit, that you would remind them of what Jesus did, that you would remind them of what Jesus said, that you would remind them that God has not left them hanging, that they are not hanging in there, they are not a bat, <laughs> that what they're going through, they're gonna get through because you wanna get them to something better. Father, speak to your people through me. Holy Spirit, move through this sanctuary. Speak like a rushing mighty wind. Change lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is Pentecost, which in the Greek means 50. It's also Shavuot. I have a Jewish doctor um, and a Jewish lawyer and a Jewish dentist. Um, it's because I'm predominantly Jewish. We did my DNA test. How many of you have ever done that DNA test thing? Nobody, huh? Just Michael Martin. I know you did it. But uh, it's true. I am Jewish and Italian, we found out, it's really true. I also have a little Arab, a little African. I knew there'd be some African in there, I knew it. Um, but anyway, um, so if I talk about Jews or I talk, you know, it's just understand I'm coming from first-hand experience. Um, but Shavuot, my doctor, is Orthodox Jewish, and I saw him the other day, and I said, uh, he said, I won't be in Monday. I said, oh, happy Shavuot, you know. And he was surprised that I knew. But Shavuot is actually today. And that word means weeks. It's the Feast of Weeks. Now, early on, it was instituted as a time of the wheat harvest. The barley harvest was over, and this was the wheat harvest. But it was more than that to the Israelites, because they left Israel... now. I want to let you know that right now, some Orthodox Jews believe that Shavuot is 50 days after the Passover Shabbat. Now, what do I mean by that? If Passover comes on Tuesday, they believe that's the beginning of the Sabbath. So then Shavuot or Pentecost would be 50 days or seven weeks from a Wednesday. So in sometimes... For them, Shavuot ends up on a Wednesday. Now, in the Christian world, first of all, we sell, some of the Christian world celebrated it in May, and that was not Pentecost. The real Pentecost is seven weeks after the first fruits, after the first Sabbath, after the Passover. And that's how it was always celebrated up until the time of Jesus, which means this. If Passover was on Tuesday, the next Sabbath is when? Saturday. The first fruits is Sunday. And seven weeks from that is still a Sunday. 
But what happened, now, when Jesus died on the cross after Passover, that was the perfect timing. Friday night was a Passover into Saturday. If you don't, you can get my teachings on all that. And then Sunday was first fruits. When he rose again, it was on Sunday. And seven weeks later was Pentecost. Amen? But after Pentecost, and when they realized that Pentecost and Shavuot were on the same day, and that the church was born, see, because on Shavuot, that's when Judaism was born. And on Pentecost, the church was born. When they saw that the similarities between Shavuot and Pentecost, I'm going to point them out in a second, were so familiar, the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, but the Pharisees decided that Pentecost or Shavuot was going to be on the next Shabbat after Passover, even if it was in the middle of the week, okay? But know this, this year, it just so happens that their first fruits and the Shavuot lined up with the real Pentecost on Sunday. Amen. Did you get all that? Well, that's because you were at both services. And Anyway, in Colossians and in Hebrews, it says that everything in the, New Te- in the Old Testament is a shadow of what's to come in the New Testament. You've heard teachers say, you know, the Old Testament is Christ concealed and the New Testament is Christ revealed. There's all kinds of different idioms used for that. But we know that, I mean, we just look at Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. We know that looks forward to God sacrificing his son Jesus. I mean, that's just one of the many. But here's what we know about Shavuot and Pentecost, and it's absolutely fantastic. The first Passover was when, everybody? You see the Ten Commandments? The first Passover is when God passed over. The Israelites left Egypt. Remember? Forty days later, they came to Sinai, okay? And approximately seven days later, God told Moses to tell the Israelites to sanctify themselves for three days because he was going to come down from the mountain to speak to them. So 40 plus 7 plus 3 is quick. Come on. You could be on Wall Street. Okay. So 50 days after the Passover was Shavuot. God came down Mount Sinai. There was thunderings and lightnings, and God spoke the Torah to the people. We know that after the Passover, when Jesus died, 50 days later, for 40 days it says that Jesus was among the people. These are numbered days, okay? And we know that 40 days later, Jesus was on a mountain, the Mount of Olives. He ascended into heaven. 10 days later, the same number 50, what happened? The Holy Spirit came down. On where? On a mountain. Mount Zion. How many of you ever been to Israel? How many of you know that Jerusalem's on a mountain? Mount Zion. There was Mount Sinai, and there was Mount Zion. So, the parallels are amazing. So we know that after God gave the law at Shavuot, what happened? Judaism was born. What happened on the same 50 days after the Passover, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh, what happened? What was born? The church was born. Happy birthday, church. I mean, we celebrate Christmas and Easter and all these other, and that's all wonderful. But one of the three feasts where the Jews all went, Jerusalem, was Shavuot. Pentecost should be a holiday. 
I have just declared today a holiday. It's because the Holy Spirit is literally with us. That is who we fellowship with now. That's who Jesus said, I died so I could send him to you. And, and, and I got into this whole teaching because the Holy Spirit said to me, don't forget, I'm right here. Like, have my people forgotten me? Have you forgotten me? I'm the one that lives in you. I'm the one that you can fellowship with. And we talked about fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And we know that if you look at Exodus and Acts, there's so many parallels. One of them is in Exodus chapter 12. We know that when they left Egypt, it was a what multitude? Mixed. Is everybody looking? A mixed multitude. You know what a mixed multitude is? Look around. Look around right now. Anybody here look alike? Are, are, is it pretty mixed in here? Look around. Actually, move your head. I know that's hard. Just look around. Is this a mixed multitude? Amen. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Would you? Could you imagine if everybody here was Italian? Lord, no. And I'm half Italian. How about my other half? Could you imagine if everybody here was Jewish? Oh, my God! You think they complain about the temperature in here now? Listen, hey, I'm talking about myself. Hey, hey, hey. So a mixed multitude, and at the same time when the Holy Spirit came down, it says there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from what? Every nation. The rabbis actually say that when the law came down on Mount Sinai, there was every nation on earth was there. That's what they say. And they say that when they spoke the word, only the Jews said, we'll do it. And they were wrong too, because they couldn't do it. But we know that God has poured out his spirit on how much flesh? All flesh. Amen? See, God spoke through the smoke from Mount Sinai. Everybody say, he spoke through the smoke. I like that. He spoke through the smoke. So on Shavuot, after the first ever Passover, 50 days, God did come down the mountain. And he spoke the Ten Commandments. And he said this, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not take the name of your Lord in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. You're all good there. Honor your father and mother. Where, am I? Where is Nikki? Where is she? <laughs> Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. Good idea. You shall not commit adultery. Good idea. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. Now, those of you in the first service, be quiet. What is the thread that ties all of these commandments together? One of them is, somebody said, you shall not. Actually, one of them is remember, so it's not that. They are all about relationship. When they said, Jesus, could you sum up the commandments, what did he say? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Which one's easier to love? 
All right, which one's harder to love? See, you get a louder when you do the negative. So, God had four commandments about loving him, and he needed one extra, six, for people. Amen? First one, you shall have no other gods before me, relationship. You shall not make idols and have relationship with wood and stone and everything, relationship. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. In other words, don't talk bad about me. How many of you know if you talk bad about somebody, it hurts your relationship with them? Oh, God, husbands. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, if I say one negative thing, it's like, zam. I got to be so careful with this thing. Keep this thing shut. I'm learning. Speak less. In the multitude of words, there's danger. <laughs> Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Relationship coming over to God's house. How many of you realize you're in God's house today? You came over? Mm -hmm. He made a pizza. I'm delivering it. Next is with people. Honor your father and mother. Say that again. Honor your father and mother. <laughs> Next week is Father's Day. Honor your father and mother. I mean, I... This, after what we did for the ladies, I'm expecting something big next week for the fathers. <laughs> it's by faith. You shall not murder. How many of you know killing people doesn't help relationships? I mean, it actually eliminates some relationships. You know why people kill people? Because they don't want to have a relationship with them. You shall not commit adultery. How many of you know that that'll break up a relationship or 10,000? You shall not steal. I mean, how many of you, like, you steal from somebody and it helps your, like, uh, hey, I stole something from you. Great, come on in. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That can, that's not just talking about being in court. <laughs> it's like when somebody says, you know, Pastor Joe, like, you know, what was happening with the words today? And I'm like, I don't know, who was doing the words? And they go, oh, I think it was, uh, when it was them. You know, they're trying to hide. That's bearing full witness against your neighbor. And finally, you shall not covet. You wouldn't want what someone else has. You don't cover their wife. You don't cover their car or anything. Amen? All about relationships. See, God, more than anything, wants relationship with us. But until Jesus died on the cross, see, we had relationship with him. Adam and Eve did, and then they broke the law, and then they fell out of relationship. And even to hear where the law came, they still didn't have perfect relationship with God. Right now, we do. I mean, it's so perfect that he chose to live in us. Amen? Wow. See, because if you see, now, so here, so, so God speaks these commandments to them. And then the people go, listen, we've heard enough, Moses. You just talk to God. It's fine. <laughs> you just go talk to God and tell us what he says, you know? Because the relationship was a little strained, you know? Because God's saying all this stuff that they really don't want to hear. So Moses goes up and hangs out with God for 40 days, and he comes back with the law, Remember? Sort of Ten Commandments, comes back with the law. He's coming down the mountain with the law written on two stones. 
Now, there is no way a human being can carry those two stones by himself. And the rabbis say that they were floating, that they were floating, that as he was carrying them down, they had no weight to them. And I tend to believe it because I don't know how else he would carry the Ten Commandments. I mean, how small of a stone could you write all that stuff on? So anyway, he comes down from the mountain, and guess what the people have done? They've broken the first three commandments already. They got another God. They made another God. So what happens? Moses gets mad. He breaks the law right there because they broke the law. And then what happens? He says, whoever's with us, with God, come here. Whoever is with the calf, go there. And what happened? The Levites, the worship team, went right with Moses. Just like when I say, either you're with me or you're with them, and the worship team comes to my aid. <laughs> right, worship team? Imagine, imagine today I said, worship team, come on up. No, not coming up. We're with them. But you know what happened? You know what happened, right? And they took the sword, the Levites, and they killed how many people? About three thousand men. Everybody say 3,000. 3, About 3,000 men. What happened in Acts 2, 41? See, the law came that they couldn't keep. They broke it immediately. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And what happened? Peter didn't give the law. Peter preached a message. Peter preached the first gospel real gospel, Holy Spirit-filled message. He was like, listen, you broke the law, you killed God's son, you did all this stuff, and instead of building a golden calf, <laughs> they said, wow, it's true. They repented. How did you get saved? Somebody told you God loved you. Somebody told you Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Somebody told you the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of you, even though you've messed up your whole life. It says that they repented and they gladly received his word. See, on the mountain, they said, no, we don't want it. Here, they said, we need it. And the same day, there were what? How many were baptized? 3,000 souls. Amen. That's where Romans 8, 2 comes in. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. You can clap and say, go, go. I did it. I'm going on the voice. No. No, I just heard something really terrible about a young lady that was on the voice. That's why it was in my mind. I pray for her family right now. You can look it up later. I don't want to talk about it. She knew Jesus. She's set free. She's in heaven. Hallelujah. She stepped into eternity, into glory. The law of the spirit 
We're under a new law. Everybody say, I'm under a new law of the spirit of life. I can tell you that before I met Jesus, I wasn't living. How many of you know what I'm saying? I was living, but I wasn't living. I was basically a zombie. I didn't have real life. I was surviving. I wasn't thriving. Actually, I wasn't even surviving. I wanted to die. I didn't want to live. But there's a new law at work in me. It's called the Holy Spirit of life. And he has set me free from the law of sin, which is my mistakes, and that I deserve to die for them. The mistakes we make, the sin we commit, we deserve death. But the Holy Spirit has set us free. 3,000 died because of the law. 3,000 lived because of the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, because they gladly received the word. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to someone here today. It's going to speak to and tell you that you can live if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you gladly receive the gospel, the word of life, that you can have real life. We've been set free. Set free. Free to live a life of the Spirit. In Exodus 19, now God told Moses, he said, I'm coming in three days. Everybody get ready. Everybody consecrate yourself. But he said, no one is to come near You can come near the mountain, but there's a barricade we're going to set up. You cannot go past that. You cannot touch that, or you will die. You shall set bounds for the people. Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever does will be put to death. You couldn't come into the full presence of God. So they didn't, and they were scared. (laughs) They couldn't touch his fire. We're singing today all about fire, (laughs) about this fire consuming us, about this fire coming down on us. They couldn't. They couldn't touch it. If they got too close to it, they would die. Why? Because of God's perfection. And our imperfection, our uncleanness could never touch him. Jesus changed that when the leper came and he touched the leper. And the uncleanness was made clean. See, because it's not about us touching God now, it's about him touching us. When the day of Pentecost fully came, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and those tongues sat upon each of them, touched them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They couldn't touch the fire but because of Jesus, the fire has touched us. See, I, I always think of the, you know, that famous painting with the finger of man and the finger of God? And a lot of times we look at things from a human perspective. We didn't touch him. He touched us. Yeah. <laughs> he sent the Holy Spirit to be on all flesh. And it was only because Jesus died on the cross that that could possibly, possibly happen. Do you realize that the fire has touched us? (laughs) And the Spirit has touched us. 
so we can actually live without sin? I know that's going to sound crazy to you. Stop saying I'm a sinner. Stop making excuses about your sin. You are not a sinner anymore. That would mean you would be a slave to sin. Are you a slave to sin? Is sin your ruler? No, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from sin. And here's the difference, Shavuot, Pentecost. At Shavuot, the Jews said to Moses, tell God we'll do it. Tell him we'll do it. The rabbis wrote in their commentary, how many of you ever read a Christian commentary? Well, the Jews have commentaries too. And the rabbis said that the thunderings and the lightnings, now, that came down from the mountain, the word for thunderings is the Hebrew word kol. In the plural, it's kolat. Does anybody know what that word means? The first time it's used is in the Garden of Eden when it says they heard the coal of the Lord walking. Most of the times in the Bible, it's translated as voice. So they said the voice and the lightnings, and what the rabbis say is when the word, came, how many of you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? When they opened the ark and that, whoosh, that's where they get this from, okay? Not the rabbis, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but... <laughs> They say that God's voice on the thunderings went to each person individually as it moved throughout the camp and said to them, the law. And every one of them said, yeah, we'll do it. And they all said, we'll do it. And if you get the Ten Commandments and you say, I can do it, guess what? You're in trouble. You can't go near the mountain because you can't do it. But now the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of us. And guess what? Our flesh can't do it, but he can. In us. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, we can be without sin. That's not blasphemy. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. You'll do greater things than these? Yeah. You'll live with God inside of you. The perfect Holy Spirit lives in you. And if you get out of the way enough, he might live through you. Amen? They couldn't touch the fire. The fire touched them. The fire touches us. They couldn't keep the law but the spirit that lives in us can. See, the law just shows us what we're doing wrong. The Holy Spirit can actually keep the law, and he lives in us, so the one that can keep the law is living in us. So the life I live, <laughs> I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and died for me. Galatians 2.20. I think it's like one of the first memory verses I have had. Like, I'm no longer living. He's living through me. So they say that when the thunderings, when God spoke and he spoke to each person, that the, then, after it had spoke, 
the thundering, the lightning, the light, it went right up to the mountain and wrote on the stone the Ten Commandments. Because we know that it says in the Bible, I think it's Exodus 31, when he stopped speaking on Mount Sinai, later on he gave them the tablets of stone. They were written by the finger of God. I said they were written by the finger of God. God's got the only finger that can write in stone. Amen? So he wrote it with his finger. <laughs> in 2 Corinthians, it says, you're an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God. Not on what? Tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is of your heart. See, when your heart is soft, you could be led by the Spirit. But some of us develop hard hearts. See, this fulfills the prophecy from Ezekiel and Jeremiah where God said, I will give you a new heart. How many of you know that when you got saved, you got a new heart? How many of you know that after you came to know Jesus, things that used to never bother you started to bother you? How many of you got a conscience all of a sudden? Like you were like, oh my God, there's evil. Oh my God, what's going on? Oh my Lord. He put a new heart and a new spirit on you. And he removed your heart of stone and he gave you a heart of flesh. Why? So he could write his law on it. And in Jeremiah, he said, I'll write my law on their hearts. See, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in us, then that law has been written on our hearts. So then what's the problem? Many of our hearts have turned back to stone. Disappointment, broken relationship, dreams not fulfilled, ministries never stepped out into, financial situations, healing in our body, whatever it is. We get hardened, even though we still have that heart of flesh. We need to come back to that place where, see, I know myself, I can be really a harsh person sometimes. Anybody? Thanks, you make me feel better. Just sometimes I just get hard about things. It's just like, it's my way or the highway. You know what I'm saying? With my kids, with my wife, people just like, what's up? You get hard, you're hardened. Maybe not, never the whole heart, because the whole heart will never be hardened again. But I'm allowing it to get hardened. I'm not soaking it with the word and in prayer and realizing the Holy Spirit lives in me and yielding to it and allowing that to be my real heart. Amen? How many of you know sometimes you look at TV and you see something where there's somebody in need or something like that and you just change the channel? And then another time you look and you're like, oh my God, stop right here. Needs help. Or you're in church and something's bothering you and you see somebody's really hurting, but you're hurting too, so you're just like, ah, and you move on. And there are other times when your heart is soft and you're like, whoa, I need to take a moment here. Who knows what that person's going through? God has written it on our hearts. Finally, in Shavuot, they didn't really want to hear from God. <laughs> Look at the next scripture. 
Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightnings, the sound of trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and they stood far off. They said to Moses, you speak and we'll hear, but let not God speak with us. Now, you could say maybe the worship was too loud or God was preaching with too much fire and brimstone. He is God. And there was fire and brimstone. <laughs> and you could say that they were afraid because of but, but God had said, you can come close, but you just can't cross the boundary. And I think it was more than that. I think they were scared because they didn't like what he was saying. Because as soon as he said, you have no other gods before me, somebody got convicted. As soon as he said, you shouldn't make idols, somebody got convicted. And once he got to, don't covet, don't murder, don't steal, they were like, oh God, I don't need to hear any more of this. And you know what? All of that will never lead you to Jesus. It'll never lead you to Jesus. It'll just show you your sin. In Acts, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here is one time where they don't want to hear from God. And now when the Holy Spirit comes down at Pentecost because of Jesus dying on the cross, they not only want to hear from God, but they want to speak for God. The Spirit actually gave them words to say. And it says, when the sound occurred, the multitude came together. They didn't leave. They came together because everyone heard speaking in their own language. Wow. <laughs> what a difference the Holy Spirit makes. What a difference. Now we can hear from God. How many of you have ever heard from the Holy Spirit? been speaking to me all day. Last week, something really powerful happened here. And I want to share that with you. I didn't ask the people who were involved because they might say no, so I'm doing it anyway. I said, honey, I'm going to share what happened. And she said, you should ask them. I said, nah. They didn't get mad at me later. <laughs> Just like you do sometimes. But I ask you now. Because it's not bad. It's all good. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, worshiping in the Holy Spirit. And people are coming up to me saying, you know what, I hear the, I mean, people are, we're, we're going the, the right way now. Somebody's saying, the Holy Spirit tell me. Now, you know, before Sandy came up and gave the word, I was just about to tell you, somebody's got a word today, and she came over. So I knew, I was like, okay. Like, Holy Spirit told me, Holy Spirit told her, all good, all clear. I mean, there was one time here, you know, uh, somebody got my face and said, I got a word for your church. Holy Spirit said, no, they don't. They got a word for their church that they want to deliver here. It's true. That's why you have to be very careful when you give that microphone to someone. The gifts of the Spirit, you know, somebody said to me, well, you know, Pastor Joe, you don't let the, operate in the gifts of the Spirit. No, I don't operate in crazy because it would be crazy to let every person that had something to say, say it, because then you got crazy. The Holy Spirit does things in order, and that's it. And it has to fall on someone in the end. It's me. What can I tell you? Hey, God put me here. I, uh, you know, what can I tell you? Just in that position, you know? You think it's a comfortable place to be? Actually, no. Because what if somebody has something that is the Holy Spirit, and you say no because you're in a bad mood? <laughs> right? So you have to really be listening for the Spirit. But it was amazing. I told you that. I said, yeah. 
God told me so, yeah. Because the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. He's in order. So it's last Sunday, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, preaching the Holy Spirit. Last week it was about love. You preach about love and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit likes that area. It likes that confine. He likes to operate in that. I remember somebody said to me, well, what did you think was going to happen? You preach about the Holy Spirit and love. What were you expecting? I was like, shoot, shut up. <laughs> You're right. So anyway, it's like the end of the service. A couple people got saved. It was awesome. Loving it. We had an altar call. People came up here. There was a lot of emotion here last week. So rare for Grace Church. Oh, my God. You guys got to wake up today. That's our trademark. Amen. Get real, get in your face. If we're laughing, we're laughing. If we're crying, then we're crying. Right. But none of this works here. Move me. Move me, Pastor Joe. I'm going to move you. <laughs> Amen. Listen. Let it go. Where the spirit is, there is freedom. If you're coming to church to get bound up, just go home and put some handcuffs on. Wait, forget I said that. But if you're going to come into the house where the spirit is in control, the spirit is freedom, not craziness, but freedom. Amen? Amen. I got to talk about handcuffs to wake you up. Now listen to me. So last week, it was, it was emotional. There was, there was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of tears. There was salvation, all the great things that make a great church service. I love it. But church isn't just a service. It's not a place where you get the gas put in. Oh, I'm going to Grace Church today, a little low in the tank. Hey, Pastor Kev, get the thing out. Are you full yet? Yeah, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> or somebody, you know, I'm not only, could you check my oil too? Oh, wow, you're really stepping out now. <laughs> I, I, my brakes are squealing. This isn't a service. <laughs> this is a place where we gather together, and if the Holy Spirit is in the majority of us, the Holy Spirit's definitely going to move and do something through the people. Yeah. So we're here last week. Everybody got their gas filled up. The oil's got changed. A few brake jobs. <laughs> we're about to close up shop. <laughs> and then we had what I didn't know. I didn't know there was a lingo in our church. I just learned it. It's called the third service. <laughs> How many of you know what the third service is? Raise your hand. I didn't even know. I feel left out. I feel just, we're having a pastor Sunday just for me. I was like, how do you, I was on Facebook and Ashley, the, the beautiful girl that watches all the kids, this amazing young lady, she wrote this long post on Facebook. I'm reading, I'm like, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. This is about Grace Church. Where'd she get this information? What's our third service? There's a service going on that I don't know about. <laughs> what the third service is, is after the 9 o'clock and the 11.15, if people are still hanging here, and it does happen once in a while. So there was a third service. Anyway, but I didn't know there was going to be a third service. Nobody told me. So the Holy Spirit knew. So I go, you know, like service is over, okay? We've prayed over the last person you think, but there's always somebody new, and praise God, don't leave till you get prayed for. Anyway, so go back in my office. There's my son on the couch. I got to tell you something. When your son, like, is laying back and he's got to tell you something, what is your first thought? Where's the car? And don't react. 
Where were the police? No, I was just... Don't react. Don't re My wife looks at me, don't react, don't react, don't react. Oh, I've reacted before, haven't I, son? One time he did something, I'll tell you a quick story. One time he did something that was so bad, we were in my dining room, and I literally took on my foot and I kicked him with, and he was in a chair and he flew like 10 feet. Lay off, Dyfus, he's fine. One day he was with his friend, they were talking, I overheard him, he goes, yeah, well my dad took his size 13 and stuck it right in my gut. And after I fell down, he said, now pick up that chair. Remember that? I'm, I'm going to jail. It's all right. Handcuff me. Go ahead. That was fun, wasn't it? Was it? I was like, bam! And he flew. I was like, kung fu! And, and the he was fine. The chair was on the ground. I went, pick that chair up, too! I was like, <laughs> I love when you tell that story. Makes me feel good. Anyway, where was I? All right, so he's in there. He's in there. If you're just joining us for the first time, we're actually real here. We just talk about real stuff. Anyway, he's in there. <laughs> this pastor, he kicked his son. I, I, this, what did I do? Anyway, we go in there. He's sitting there. And he didn't want to tell us, but he had a seizure. He had a seizure. It's okay. He's fine. He's never having a seizure again. In Jesus' name. Just keep praying and believing. But he, he has him in his sleep only. Only when he sleeps. And not, he hasn't had one in months and months. So, you know. But he had not one of his bigger ones, but he, he, he realized it. Like, he, he was in it. So he's like, Dad, it was great, like, last night. And, and he was calm because usually when he says that, I'm like, what? What, are you, what do you mean? What? He's right. I do. I overreact. Yes, I do. It's my son. It's my son. I get mad. I get mad at the devil. I get mad at him for having a seizure. I mean, I just get mad. Like, why would you do that? Look what you're doing to me. It's so selfish. Right? It's like, look what you're doing to me. I got, I, you upset me, like, I need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit saying, shut up. Okay. So he said that, and I'm like, I'm starting to cry. My wife's crying. We're starting to pray for him, and I'm like, I know there's people out here still. I have a lot of faith in our prayer people. Like, I know it. See, when something's going on in my family, my wife or my kids, or me, I mean, well, me, of course, but I like to get somebody else to pray for them because I learned this a long time ago. When it's very emotional to you, it's almost just hard to pray. And, and I'm afraid I'll say something stupid, or I just, it, like, I can't have faith. I mean, that's my son. Like, if I pray for him, three seconds, I'm bawling, okay? It's over. So I need, like, Robert, Sandy, Vera, Brenda, somebody. I need somebody, like, just, what'd you say? So anyway, we brought him, I said, come out. We had him up here, and I think it was, Todd, you were here, I think, Pastor Courtney and Pastor Kevin, I think. We, I, don't, I don't remember, some of the men were, we, they were having their own third service. So, no, it was the two and a half service. So, put him here, we prayed over him, and of course, you know, the tears are flowing, and we're praying over him, and 
then it was over, you know. It's like, when do you stop praying, you know? It's like, so it was over, and he went back towards the door there. I guess he was going to leave. I don't know what he was going to do. And his mother, of course, he went to his mother for a hug. What's up with that? Why do the kids always go to the mom? Father's Day's next week. Anyway, so he went to his mom there, hugging over there. I'm like, I feel left out. So I went over, and I hugged him, and he said, you know, last night when I was in and out of the seizure, I, the Holy Spirit said to me that I'm fighting for someone else, not just me. And I went, thank you so much. I know I need it. Oh, God, no. He said, he, no, that's not what happened. I said, who? He said, Pastor Kevin. I said, Pastor Kevin? Really? So I turn around to go see Pastor Kevin. Where's Pastor Kevin? Pastor Kevin's sitting right here like this, with his head down. Now, I've never seen him sitting there with his head down, ever. So I was like, I said to my wife, it's happening. It's happening. Because I knew that this was God. Like, it was his day. You know, like, some, a day will just be your day. Did you ever have a day? Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's his day. And so we went, and I think already when I was there, like, Todd was, I guess he was praying for you. So then I came over, I started praying for you, and then Joey was there praying for you, Pastor. And before you know it, there was like six men really interceding right here. I mean, really. When you get mighty men of God praying, there's power in it, ladies. Father's Day's next week. <laughs> we're working on a video. Don't miss next week. You are going to have a bless. So we're praying for him. It was really powerful. I mean, it was just... Wall-breaking prayer. Not just walls in his life, but walls in my life. And everybody that was praying, all of us. And, and Jules still happened to be singing. And Christina was still singing. And Robbie was still playing the guitar, because Robbie is always here playing the guitar. <laughs> he never leaves. I've been here one in the morning, and I hear guitars. Oh, it's Robbie, OK. So Robbie's playing the guitar. And uh, we all know that, right? He's always here playing the guitar. So he, I was like, oh, Robbie's there, so it's not so special. But um, then, nah, just kidding. Robbie, I'm, I love you, Robbie. <laughs> Next thing you know, Christian Funes is back, and he's playing the keys. And then Todd, who stops praying and says, I'm going to go play the bass. And Joey, who's been prayed for and everything, he's up on the drums. So we're doing this, you know, we're still praying, and then all of a sudden, these worshipers, I mean, Jules was just making up songs. I mean, it was, wow. I was like, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I mean, the words that were coming out of her mouth were just piercing and powerful. And then Debbie Neiman, next thing I know, she's there. And about a half hour in, literally, Debbie, Jules, and Christina are sitting here, laying here, singing because they were so tired. It went from like 145 to 320 or something like that, an hour and something minutes. And you know what happened? All of a sudden, youth people that were still here came up, the youth group, the hero group, all of them. Whoever was left over, people from the park lot, I don't know, there was so many people came out. I was like, where did all these people come from? This must be the third service that I didn't know about. This must be it. I knew there was something going on without me. Anyway, we are praying 
and crying, and they're writing song after song after song to the point where I was just like, I'm ready to collapse. And they were holding Pastor Kevin's arm. I, I, I took them and I said, you need to hold this guy's arms up. He's been here for an hour. I mean, somebody's got to hold this man up. And then, of course, Sandy and Robert Finlay show up because I think they live here too. <laughs> and this is Sandy. So there's this big crowd and Sandy's like, I got to get in there. So Sandy goes up here and then jumps down here and goes after Pastor Kevin. It's like right after him. And of course, Robert's different than Sandy. Robert would never do that. Robert walked up like this. Excuse me, excuse me. I need to get in here. In the name of Jesus. So, and I wish you could have seen the, the youth praying. John, uh, Christian Funes, could, could you stand up for a second and just be Pastor Kevin? Well, no, okay. <laughs> this is Christian. You know, they're praying for him. He's like, jumping up and down. I'm like, oh my God, what's he doing? This is the third service. This is what happens. To the Christians jumping up and down. And, and then Jonathan Finlay walks up. And the crowd parted. And he came in to pray for Pastor Kevin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And all your kids were here. All of your young people were here. They were all praying in the Holy Spirit and in power. And I heard something this week. If you cry now, that prayer really worked. If you cry right now, that means that prayer really worked. <laughs> your brother's here, too. So here's what, here's what I heard this week from Pastor Kevin. This is so crazy. Think about all the teaching that I gave, and this is what I hear from you this week. When all, now, now let, let me, I'm going to leave that at the end. So the prayer is just about over because they can't sing anymore. <laughs> Their voices are gone. Fingers are tired. Prayer people are tired. So everything sort of winds down. And of course, Pastor Courtney's like, we must commemorate this day. And then Bob Nemeth is going, goes, we will build a memorial. And I said, let's get some stones. <laughs> you know. No, seriously, this is what they said. I'm not kidding. So I was like, let me see, stones in the middle? Nah, I can't do that. How are we going to build this memorial? So I said, you know, so I was like, okay, let's, let's all pray to hold hands. And when we got down, I counted because I'm a numbers person. I wanted to know how many people come to the third service. So I counted. I counted. And there was exactly 30 people there. Exactly. So I said, there, I said, there are 30 people here. We will all remember that there were 30 people there. Remember? And, and then when we prayed. And, and we're going to finish on this. So then... This week, this is what Pastor Kevin says in passing, and it just struck me. He said that when he was here being prayed for, now mind you, when the people of Grace Church pray for you, they're not shy. If there's 30 people praying over you, there's at least 20 people shouting into your ear. 
How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. Unless, of course, Pastor Terrence is praying for you. Then you can't hear anything. Because he's, he's shouting in your ear, the oracles of God. But anyway, so he said like this. He said, this is what Pastor Kevin said. He said, I heard every word from every person. He said, I heard every word from every person. You heard Christian? You heard Sandy? You heard Robert? You heard Pastor Courtney? You heard Bob Nemoth? You heard them all? Heard them all. Because it was the Holy Spirit speaking all different things to him. Exactly what he needed to hear. Exactly what he needed to hear. And it's not because he needs prayer than any one of us. It was just his day. Did you ever have your day? Yes. Maybe today's your day. Let's bow our heads right now. Maybe today's your day to get saved. Maybe today's your day to go up to the altar and get prayed for so you can really hear God's voice. By putting your faith and trust in him, you can hear his voice. So you can't even hear him until you put your faith and trust in him. You can't hear his voice. You are out of relationship with him. You are separated from him. You can't touch the mountain. But once you put your faith and trust in him, he will touch you. It's just a matter of speaking a prayer. Now, there are some of you here that may have spoken this prayer before, but it was just words. Or there's some of you here that never spoke this prayer before, but this is your day. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you now saying, this is for you. See, the things of the Spirit work this way. We can't see them, but they're there. Jesus said salvation is like the wind that blows. We don't know where it comes from, but we see its effects. When you speak a word, you don't see it, you hear it, but it's powerful. How many times have you said a word, you wanted to bring it back? That's how much power there is in words. But Jesus said, my words, when you speak them, they are spirit and life. And some of you need life today. You need the life of the spirit. So say this prayer with me from the word of God right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Say, Father, Father I, know that Jesus is your son. I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross, on the cross. for my sin. For my sin. Three, days later, Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I could have a new life. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I accept that sacrifice. I want to have a new life right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every eye is closed, head is bowed right now. If you said that prayer and you meant it, want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let me ask you a question. Are you 100% sure if you died that you'd spend eternity in heaven? Because if not, you need to say this prayer and acknowledge it before God. So if you said that prayer, you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, hear from him. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Is there anybody else? Anyone else that wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior?